You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey, homies. Welcome to episode 195 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. Somebody's been watching a lot of Aquabats. <laughs> My son loves that song. Hey, homies. What's up? This is, uh, the fuck's my name? Taylor of Terror. <laughs> hey, homies. What's up? What was that? Clap, clap. We don't need no thugs. Unless, unless those thugs was giving out hugs. Hey, homies. Say what? <laughs> uh, yes, this is one ep- uh, No, this, well, this is one episode. It's one one of many. One of many. <laughs> but this is episode 195. I think I said that already, but just for posterity. I don't know. I got distracted by the Aquabats. They do that. that that'll what happen. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Taylor? Oh, not so bad. Yeah? What's new with you? Oh, not much. Put out the first episode of uh, my new podcast, Cult of Splat. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Started listening to it, but yeah. then um, I had to I had to turn it off. I think I was I had to go into a meeting or something, and then I forgot to go back to it. Oh, thanks. But so far, so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Having fun with that? Yeah. We were supposed to do one just now. But uh, a fucking co-host, man. Yeah. Can't rely on co-hosts, can you? They're the fucking worst. <laughs> cool. Anything else new? I'm um, going to Vegas Are for you your now? birthday. For my birthday? <laughs> Asshole. Well, I'll be back the day before your birthday. So. Oh. I think my birthday is on like a Thursday or something. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, yeah, so probably just do something the weekend after. Makes sense. What's in Vegas? <laughs> What else? Wrestling. Ah. You just going by, your, going by yourself? Uh, no, it's going to... Uh, well, uh, Cheese is going with me, but she's not going to the wrestling. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to meet up with Buffer and his wife, uh, and then Nesgoda and his wife are coming as well. Well, how about that? Yeah. We weren't even invited. You don't like wrestling. And there's Cheese. <laughs> I mean, if you guys want to come and go to... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure your wife would want to go to this whatever Harry Potter magic show thing that Cheese wants to go to. Oh, God. You guys are more than welcome. I mean, if wrestling and Harry Potter are my choices, I'd just <laughs> soon stay home. <laughs> I could go uh, play the penny slots and just drink. You could. Just drink all day. <laughs> and then wander around the strip just drunk off my ass. I'm sure your like wife I, would love that. Like I did in my 20s. <laughs> That's like... Those are my fondest memories about Vegas. Just wandering around, just so drunk that I don't even know where I'm going. Just up and down the strip. And the strip is very long. But when you're drunk, it doesn't matter. You don't realize your feet hurt real bad. 
but I assume you were with someone this last time. Oh yeah, yeah. Not just wandering around by yourself. No, no, no. Do you know what hotel I'm in? <laughs> but I'm sure I wouldn't have been the first to do that. Oh no. But people would just be like, "Don't talk to him. He's homeless." <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds like fun. I told you, like, um, so my wife's company. Every year they have a Christmas party or holiday party, whatever they refer to it as, um, non-denominational winter party. Yeah. Uh, Merry happy. <laughs> their headquarters is in L.A. And so, LA. LA, Beverly Hills to be as precise. Um, and, but yeah, so every year, because they have employees, I think just in Washington and, and up north in Vancouver. I don't think they have anything in Oregon. Anyway, but they, they, they the company pays to fly all of their employees into LA for the night to go to the party and then put them up in a really nice hotel and then fly them home the next morning. Well, before COVID, my wife and I, I went, so it's, it's employees only. I'm not allowed to go to the party, but my wife will, will, will fly down there and I'll just hang out in the room while she's at the party, whatever, but then we'll make a whole weekend out of it, you know, rather than flying home the next day. Um, Cause her company doesn't give a shit what what day she goes home, so they still pay for her flight home. We just go home on like Sunday or Monday. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we we did that in I guess it was twenty nineteen. Um. It's like we could do, we could do this every year. It's not that much of a financial burden. And you know, I, I can go down there, spend some time with my family, and kind of see the sights down there. And anyway. 2020 party gets canceled obviously 2021 they say postponed to be rescheduled at a later date and over time they rescheduled it i think like february and i think they said march at one point and now they finally set it all on a date in on uh, may 19th which is the day before crypticon rot <laughs> row so, there's that whole thing. I I'm really torn. I don't I don't know what to do. <laughs> have you told Have you talked to Jason at all? I haven't <clears throat> yet. No, I probably should. But I, like, I didn't want to alarm anyone. You know? Yeah. I just didn't know if you'd like already committed before you knew or anything. No. Well, I I told him. I mean, I had already told him that I would panel. Hmm. And I told him that I, because he wants me to come back and do uh, the Jason Mask class again. I told him I would do that too. But I, you know, nothing set in stone yet, I don't think. Um, I haven't signed anything in blood. Uh, As they make us do every year. Sure. And, you know, we say a ritual, ritual to uh, Lucifer every year. Yeah. Um, Hail Shaitan. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I haven't committed to anything one way or the other. It's like I really don't know what to do, because like on the one hand I love Crypticon, that's like my one of my favorite things to do this year or during the year, if not my absolute favorite. On the second hand, other hand, second hand, jerk hand. On the other hand, sorry, right, right, as Dan's jerk hand. (laughs) 
I haven't slept much in the last couple of days. Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, uh, you know, going down to LA, seeing my family, and introducing them to my son, who they have not met yet. He'll be around for years. <laughs> Krypticon <laughs> happens once a year. Like, and that's the thing. It's like you know, we could probably go down there at some other point during the year. True, um, but. Whether or not we'll actually commit to that and make it happen, I don't know. But, and I, I honestly, I don't know if it would be better to wait till he's older for him to fly on a plane, or if it would be better to do it like if the younger the better, because I feel like the younger the better, there's less likelihood of him, like you know, like the whole terrible twos thing. Yeah, you know, getting ahead of that. <laughs> Because I don't want to drive down there. I'm too old to drive down there anymore. <laughs> That's a burden. I mean, we've done. You and I have done that. What? At least twice, right? Uh, just the once. I think. I don't think I was with you the first time. I think that was just you and Jeremy and Anthony. Have we really only gone down there once? I think so. Or driven down, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, that drive is fucking brutal, especially if you do it in one sitting. I can imagine. 17 hours. Door to door. It's a fucking nightmare. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm still deciding. I don't know. Like, I don't want to miss out on either one. I'm yeah. To, I'm trying to figure out a way I can do both, but. Have, like, you, have you seen uh, the movie Multiplicity? Oh, yes. <laughs> Michael Keaton's finest film. Because, I mean, that's an idea. <laughs> um, no, like, like, well, I could fly down there with her on Thursday. We could fly back Friday. And then I'd only miss Friday. But then it's like, what's the point? I mean, the whole point was to go down there and spend and the stay. Yeah, yeah. I can't even go to the party. So it's like. You're just jerking off in a hotel room yeah. at that point. Like, well, it's like I'd have to sit there with the kid, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't jerk off in front of that kid. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but again, there's no point in bringing him if we're not going to see any of my family. Right. Of course, I could go out and do that while she's at the party, but I don't know. It's a Thursday night. Like, my family works. And it's just the whole thing. It sounds like a logistical nightmare. It is. Anyway, so I'm I'm still deciding on that. And that's what's going on in my world. Yay. Important decisions. Finally took down my Christmas lights. Oh, yeah, I saw your Facebook post. I'm excited about that. It's fucking March. I know. Well, that's, it's not even my record. Uh, my record, actually, is the beginning of July. Jeez. <laughs> like, not even just, like, the house on, like, the lights on the on the roof. Like, the whole regalia. Like, all the, the garland around the garage and stuff like that. There's a 12-foot inflatable snowman. It's <laughs> all of it. Just left up for months, just getting sun bleached. Your whole Muppet uh, nativity scene <laughs> you got going out there. <laughs> Fuck, now I want that. <laughs> um, but, but who's baby Jesus? Is it Robin? It's got to be Robin, right? I would think. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's Pepe? <laughs> Any one of those would be a winner. Yeah. 
Actually, I would prefer Rizzo or Pepe. Robin's kind of a... Robin sucks. He's just... He's like a less entertaining character. He's like he's the Muppets version of Scrappy-Doo. Like. <laughs> <laughs> who, are the, who are the three wise men? Mm. I want to say Waldorf, Statler, and somebody. Rolf? Mm. Swedish chef. Gonzo. Okay. <laughs> it's a random assortment of guys, but sure. I think they work. <laughs> They're all wise in their own respective ways. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so uh, the show this is what we're here to do. Yeah. Um, before we get, before we actually do the show, we do want to thank uh, some very special folks. I'm speaking, of course, of our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks who are not even watching us right now. <laughs> what are you even paying for? I mean, they probably were paying for a lot more at one point. Um. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, our grave diggers over on Patreon help finance this silly, dumb little show that we have. Uh, it's not expensive, but it does cost money. We have to pay for our website and hosting fees and MP3 fees and and gym fees and late fees, late fees. blockbuster, <laughs> just fees, fees coming out your ass. Um, meet 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 your ass. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, the, these folks, uh, and their con- lovely contributions go a long way to help take the burden off of, uh, off of us poor podcasters. Um, the people I'm speaking of are Jordan Morrison, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our hearts. Bottoms? Bottom? Bottoms. We have two hearts. Two hearts, two, two bottoms. bottoms. Each heart has its own bottom. <laughs> Apple bottoms? Apple bottom jeans, boots, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, thank you from the bottoms of our hearts. Bottoms is. Bottoms is. <laughs> uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can join the party live Every episode on Discord, uh, $5 get your name in the episode. And then there's higher tiers. You can get things like discounts on Graveplot merchandise and other various sundries. Yep. I've never used the word sundries on the show before. <laughs> That's a new one. Check that one off the list. Cool. Well, should we get into the show proper? Yes. All right, so starting out with some horror business, uh, and first up is real world horror, as we do. Um, this time we're gonna go to the lovely country. I'm assuming of Zimbabwe. Never been there, have you? No. 
when would I have been to Zimbabwe? Um, uh, where uh, a certain Philip Mafamera says that there is a, a cursed device in his home that is haunting him. We've seen cursed devices before. We've seen cursed items of all kinds. We did a panel on it last Crypticon. That's true. We did do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dolls, boxes, um, fucking various body parts, all kinds of things. Cursed. Well, I'll bet you've never seen a cursed grinding mill. I can't say that I have. Nor can I. But... Uh, old Phil over in Nyanga, uh, says that, uh, he purchased the device from his neighbors in town shortly after buying the, the machine. The man claimed it began causing, it began causing a mysterious, damn it, causing mysterious things at my home. Sounds mysterious. Very mysterious. I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's, it's so mysterious that it's shrouded in mystery. Shrouded, I say. Tell me more, Tony. Uh, he chillingly recalled that every night I would see the shadow of a man at the grinding mill. <laughs> oh. Grinding away. Grinding is just grinding his herbs and spices. Just grinding and grinding. Grinding like a 15-year-old at the prom. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. There's no no lie about that. They get fucking down, man. They dry hump and dry hump and until somebody comes up and says, hey, is there room for the Holy Spirit in there? <laughs> Someone's going home with Rugburn. Somebody's getting pregnant. <laughs> uh, this entity, Philly Boy says, um, seems to be guarding the device. That's such a weird thing to guard. Yeah, like, is Philip just like, hmm, I'm going to go use the grinding machine. Ah, what was that? Uh, and it would occasionally chase him around his house until it ultimately caused an incident <laughs> wherein the residents burned to the ground. What? <laughs> that escalated quickly. That sure did. <laughs> like, I started laughing because you said it, the entity would chase him around the house, and I started thinking of Scooby-Doo with the hallways <laughs> with all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said it burned down his house and I felt bad for laughing. <laughs> uh, Phil says it actually... You're not even going to try that last name, huh? Mafamera? Mafamera? I don't know. This is his name's Philip, so I'm going to call him Phil. Philly, right. Philly boy. Philly from... Flip? Flip. <laughs> Uh, he made all of these assertions in his court, or sorry, in court, as he recently found himself in trouble with the law when he was busted for performing a ritual outside of his neighbor's home in an attempt to eradicate the spirit. Why was it in front of his neighbor's home? Because his burned down? <laughs> we don't know, Taylor. Nobody knows. Is that the boy? I don't know. Yep. Yes. 
my wife put him down for a nap, like right as we were getting ready to start recording. I was like, this is not going to go well. <laughs> um, lost my place. Mafamera testified that he had tried on multiple occasions to simply give the cursed object back to the family. <laughs> no, gives these back. These. <laughs> Um, and that the only way to get rid of the dark spirit. No, was, you're skipping ahead. Did I? Uh, he tried to give it back. Uh, they refused naturally because this in turn led the man to enlist spiritual healers to help him solve the problem. It's a good thing he didn't need sexual healing. <laughs> he could have conjured the spirit of uh, Marvin Gaye to help him. You just get that feeling. It's like sexual healing. <laughs> Wait a minute. What is that? Spaced. That's right. We got a cranky baby, folks. Yeah, I Not you. Me. I, mean, I almost said, yeah, you do. But no, that's my baby. I don't. I have no babies. Here we go. Um, this man, he's really pissed. Uh, the self-proclaimed sorcerers, sorcerers, who uh, subsequently informed him that there were, was a shadow watching me ever since I bought the grinding mill. It always feels like you, you've heard the song, um, and that the only way to rid himself of the dark spirit was by f- performing a ritual and then handing it over to his original order. <laughs> Like, why? Like, here, I didn't do any magic on this. Take it. <laughs> it's like, well, why'd you say that if you didn't? <laughs> it's, it seems odd. <laughs> it's an odd way to phrase that. <laughs> I mean, I would have just assumed that you hadn't, but now that you say something, <laughs> now that it's out there. Um, but see, this says if he hadn't have done the ritual and given it back, someone in his family would die. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if they hadn't already died in the burning down house, I guess. Died, died. Um, <laughs> when his neighbors rebuffed, rebuffed <laughs> his last attempt to return the damned device. So he's done it multiple times. <laughs> Please take Please this take it. Mill. Fuck. Uh, the fed up man simply dumped it in some bushes. <laughs> <laughs> take it. No, fine. Why didn't you just do that? <laughs> What ultimately became of the machine at the center of the case is uncertain, though one hopes that it was not simply stumbled upon by some unsuspecting individual who thought they had found a free grinding mill and didn't realize that they actually that it actually came with an in, evil entity. I don't think I'd like be so desperate for a grinding mill that I'd pick one up out of the bush. Well, no. <laughs> like I could go to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and get a new one. But, I mean, this is Zimbabwe, probably not as affluent. I don't know if there's a lot of Bed Bath & Beyonds on every street corner. I mean, I suppose that's true, but I don't know. I mean, if they're grinding mills, I assume it's probably just one that you can, like, you probably just get a grinding mill. If if you have grinding mills, you can probably get a new one. Get a different grinding mill. Yeah. (laughs) Like, look on Craigslist. There's probably, (laughs) probably grinding mills. Also, 
what kind of dumbass spirit would haunt a grinding mill of all things? Someone who was very attached to it, apparently. Just loved those herbs and spices. When someone tries to grind on it, he just chases them around the room and burns their fucking house down. I don't know. Old Philly boy sounds a little nuts to me. I think he burned his house down. I'd wager to guess that his that the law enforcement does as well. Well, apparently, I didn't put it in here, but he, uh, when they went to court, the judge made the was it his neighbors that he got it from sorry yeah made the neighbors give him the two cows that he traded them for it back oh but then find him i think it was five beasts for the for the ritual or whatever like roast beasts sure i don't know <laughs> but so he's he's out three beasts either way man that's an expensive grinding mill yeah Two two cows, and, and a and, and, and a house <laughs> and a house. <laughs> so be careful uh, what you take from your neighbors, I guess, or what you buy from your neighbors. Watch out in that buy nothing group. You know, yeah, man, you don't know what could be possessed in there. Just make yeah, like when you pick it up, or when you when you're interacting with the person on Facebook or or what have you, like just just to be sure. In the interest of full disclosure, this isn't cursed, is it? This isn't going to haunt me or my family. No, oh, I wasn't going to say anything since you <laughs> asked. Yeah, it is. All right, one beast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you'll take it back, right? You'll take it back if it burns down my house. So hot off his new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Mm, hot. Hot is a big word. <laughs> uh, Fide Alvarez has his next project, and it's a new alien film. Huh. <laughs> so the, it's being described as an original standalone feature, so it's not part of the canon, I guess. Uh Alvarez's take is being kept deep inside the studio's chest, but sources describe it as unconnected to the previous movies. In that, it's—I mean, it's still Xenobars, presumably. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's—it could be the same universe, just not like linearly, linearly, linearly. Well, supposed to be a prequel of some sort, or like. No, it's an original standalone feature. But I, I guess as far as in the timeline of things, I thought it was like prior to the events of the original Alien movies, but I, I could be wrong. You might be thinking of something else. There's a couple different Alien projects in the There's works. There's so many. I know they're working on a TV show for Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> uh, Ridley Scott, who of course directed the original classic... Uh, and returned for the even worse prequels, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, uh, will produce via his scot-free banner. The project is intended to be made for Hulu as part of 20th Century's ambitions to make more than 10 movies a year for the Disney-owned streaming service, according to Hollywood Reporter. How's it scot-free? 
His what? name, his la- his Scott Free, but his name is in fact Scott, and he does own the. Place. Give me the map, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you would think that there would be no Scots, it would be Scott Free. Yeah. Uh, according to Hollywood Reporter sources, Alvarez is a rabid fan of the franchise and casually pitched a take to Scott many years ago. The idea remained implanted in Scott's brain until late last year when he called Alvarez out of the blue and asked him if the younger filmmaker was still up for it. Alvarez didn't have to be asked twice. Rabid fan of the Alien series. You know, there are things that I am passionate about, like, um, you know, franchises and, and certain movies, of course. I just... I've never been passionate about the Alien movies. And to me, it seems weird that anyone would be. The, to me, those just don't really seem movie, like movies that you would be like, yeah, man, those fucking get my motor running. You yeah, know? fucking xenomorphs. And yeah, they're fucking aliens. It's cool. Cool movies. I mean, most of them. Some of them. A couple of Second them. One. <laughs> <laughs> Second one. <laughs> Even, I mean, the first one's fine. First one's good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Second one is like the pinnacle. Like that's as fine a film as you can make with the Alien franchise. Three, not so good, and like pretty much all the ones after that, not not great. And the, both of the prequels were just dog shit because Ridley Scott, I think, directed them with his head up his ass. Um, and. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I guess I was saying like those the Alien franchise. I it surprises me to see that Fide Alvarez is a rabid fan. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't maybe, know. maybe that's just me. I guess I'm sure there are there might be even somebody listening to this be like I fucking love the Alien movies. Well, I'm sure there are. Yeah, they got like xenomorph tattoos and shit. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 20th Century Division President Steve Asbell said of Alvarez's strong pitch, it was just a really good story with a bunch of characters you haven't seen before. I don't know if that's the seal of approval he thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you like about it? I mean, it was good, and there was, like, characters in it, you know? It's, yeah, man. It's like, that guy, man, I've never seen him before. It's crazy. <laughs> Like an alien movie with people we've never seen? Like, how do you even do that? <laughs> it's easy. You just write different people. Yeah, I mean, you just like, you know, all those characters you had before, you just don't put them in the movie. Right. I mean, I do it all the time. Like this guy? Literally every time. This guy? His name's Isaiah. What? <laughs> never had an Isaiah in Alien before? That's what? wild. What kind of name is that? Where's that, that even come Is from? that even a name? <laughs> I don't know where he comes up with this stuff, but uh, it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I might watch this if it's on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have to pay anything for it, that's one thing. If I had to go to the theater to see it, no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'm fucking, I've been burned on the Alien franchise twice in a row. Not like, The only way I would go see this in theater is if they were like, Fide Alvarez presents Evil Dead 2. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Wait, this is Alien. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Isaiah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> Remember when uh, Danny McBride was in an alien movie? Nope. <laughs> and the whole world was like, what? <laughs> and then he wrote uh, fucking Halloween. Yep. How the world changes. You. How the turntables. <laughs> you haven't you haven't seen that righteous gemstone show, have you? The what? Righteous gemstone gemstones? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen like a like going to I think it's HBO Max. Is that what it's on? Yeah. I've like seen the still of it. But I haven't seen. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, okay. It, it's it's pretty good. I know it's got like what John Goodman and Jason Schwartzman. Jason, or, yeah. Well, he he's kind of a minor role, but yeah, John Goodman, Danny McBride, um, Adam uh, Divine. Uh, I mean, and then goddamn, there's a woman who plays the daughter, and I cannot remember her name, <clears throat> but she's been in a lot of Danny McBride, David Gordon Green. Um, stuff, stuff, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're basically a family of televangelists. Um, and they're just for the most part kind of shitty people. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, it's got young Sean in it. Young Sean from Psych, the second young Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays, uh, he plays McBride's son. Hmm. Who left the family to go be a stuntman in Hollywood? <laughs> All right. Anyway, <clears throat> Alien. Yep. So we've talked before, at least twice. I feel like it's at least twice, probably more. Oh, it's definitely more. So many more times uh, about the uh, rebirth of the Crow franchise. Um, there's been what two, three attempts, at least two, uh, to to bring it back. Um, but Corin Hardy's attempt lasted for 15 years so <laughs> and he got as far as doing like makeup tests with jason momoa jason chromoa <laughs> and it's like i think it, it was a remake right he was playing eric draven i think so like eric, that's not even what he looked like in the comic books like not even close no <laughs> Like, Jason Momoa, even before he got fucking jacked for Aquaman, like, he was still a buff guy. Like, yeah. he was cut up. Um, and, yeah, like, several years after that project. He was like had, a barbarian on Game of Thrones. Yeah. And he played Conan. O'Brien? Yeah, Conan, <laughs> Conan O'Brien. Um, Who is Conan O'Brien? And why is she so sad? <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Corn Hardy, I, I don't know if it was him directly or somebody else involved with the production, but some pictures came out semi-recently of the, the makeup tests with Jason Momoa. It's like, okay, yeah, he's wearing crow makeup. 
I wore curl makeup when I was like 10 years old. Sting wears curl makeup every day. It's the thing for him. Like, yeah, anybody can look like the crow. Literally anybody can look like the crow. <laughs> you paint your face white. And Boom, crow. <laughs> and do put some black around your eyes and your mouth. Crow face. Yep. <laughs> it's like, great. It's Jason. You know what that looks like? Jason Momoa and crow makeup? Crow. It looks like Jason Cromoa. <laughs> it's like, I'm not fucking impressed. <laughs> Go drink some flight milk. <laughs> if you really want power of the crow. There you go. That's that's a good crow. J- Rob McElhinney. <laughs> like now when he's all jacked? Sure. Sure. Yeah, why not? Or maybe, you know, earlier Or Charlie on. Day. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's get weird. I mean, it can't be any more weird than fucking Edward, Edward Furlong. Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. And like fucking David Boreanaz and Tara Reid were in it too. It's like, what are you trying to achieve here? (laughs) Was Emile Hirsch not available? (laughs) Man, have you seen Edward Furlong lately? Nope. He's looking pretty rough. Oh, really? He's got a cameo. (laughs) Okay. How's that going? I mean, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't oh, really follow it. my. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, so, but despite it being resurrected and then immediately shot dead, or not, you know, 15 years later shot Ooh, dead. Wait, let's not use that phrase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was too soon. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, the Crow remake... Not dead, apparently. Uh, Ed Pressman, who remains the right hold, rights holder of the property, uh, and and the producer, he said in a chat with IndieWire this week that he hasn't yet given up on a big screen reboot of the franchise. Maybe you should. Like, yeah, do do that. <laughs> Please stop. Ed said he and his partners are expected to announce a new director. And cast in the near future. Oh, boy. Pressman tells IndieWire, The Crow is a kind of anti-superhero unique to the world of graphic novels. The site notes that the property is currently being developed as a reboot. Man, I wish they'd stop. Me too. Like, there are people who, like, are, like, big, like, passionate fans of the, like, the James O'Barr ones. Like, the comic books. Or graphic novels. Um, I've never read them myself, but I love the original movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, and uh, like you know when they did like City of Angels, the the sequel, that even that was pretty good. But then they did that one with or they, they did the TV show. Who was who was in that one? <clears throat> Who's the crow in that one? Uh, fucking. What's his face? The guy that does the... He does Iron Chef now? Bobby Flay? No, no, no. no the, the host. Vincent Perez? Yep. Be funny if it was Bobby Flay. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Mark DeCascos. This is City of Angels? No, this is a TV show. Stairway oh. Heaven. I was talking about. 
Oh, oh. City of Angels. Yes, yes. In the sequel, yeah, it was. Wait, Chino Moreno was it? <laughs> Chino Moreno? The singer of Deftones? Oh, sure. Anyway, but yeah, then. Is, are Deftones in the movie? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, you've seen it. I've never seen it. I don't know the fucking Deftones. I could not pick any of those members out of a lineup. I was thinking, like, is like, like the band as themselves, like in the movie? Like, I don't recall. Performing at a club or something? Honestly, I think I, if you put, there's a single Deftones song that you could play, I'd be like, hey, that's the Deftones. Anything is it, else? Is I it would, Shut It? I don't even know what it's called. Oh. Like, if, if you play the song, I'd be like, yeah, that's Deftones. And if you asked me what it was called, I'd be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> It's called uh, Deaf Deftones. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like the song Deftones off the self-titled album of the Deftones. I don't know. Fucking who cares? <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's one of those bands where it's like, why do so many people like this? I don't dislike the Deftones. I just never really got into them. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that was just not my, that whole, I don't know. It's not really post, would you call it post grunge or alternative Alternative rock, I don't know. That did, I don't even know what to classify them as. Like, they're see, sort Wik- of metal. Wikipedia says they're alt metal. Alt metal. Okay, that that works, I guess. Yeah, that, that whole genre was just never really my thing. Yeah, and I just, I could not understand how people would just sit there and listen to it. <laughs> what are you getting out of this? <laughs> anyway, anyway, <clears throat> the crow, the crow. <laughs> yeah, man, this. <laughs> Have we stayed on course with any of these stories? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe with Phil and his haunted mill. I guess we went off about Scooby-Doo and the Muppets. Oh, no, the Muppets was earlier. <laughs> Phil and his mill? <laughs> Phil mill? Phil mill. <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> All right, speaking of rumors that just won't ever go away, Man. Uh, we're still talking about Beetlejuice 2, folks. According to Jeff Snyder, not Schneider, <laughs> Dear Peter. Uh, who wrote up a story for The Ankler, which I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Uh, according to Mr. Snyder and whatever The Ankler is, Brad Pitt's company Plan B has come aboard to produce Beetlejuice 2, which could shoot this summer. With original stars Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder reprising their roles. I wonder if at any point, like, Michael Keaton and or Winona Ryder saw this and be like, what? What? (laughs) I'm going to call my agent. (laughs) Uh, He did specifically say no Alec Baldwin, though. Yeah, he's kind of persona non grata right now. Yeah, I also don't know if he wants to act right now. Yeah, he's he's having a rough time. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe for the rest of his life. Probably. Yeah, if it, if it were like somebody else, like fucking Clint Eastwood or something, somebody who's like, or, you know, Charlton Heston, if he was still alive, somebody who's like a really strong like gun adv- advocate, it's like, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, I shot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shot him. <laughs> what? Now I'm going to go to fix it, Emmett, to fix Emmett. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes people get shot. That's just what happens in America. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, yeah, somebody like Alec Baldwin, who's like super liberal, mm-hmm. that got to fucking shake him to his absolute core. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not in the habit of feeling really particularly bad for celebrities because they kind of lead the cushy life. But, uh, man, I feel bad for him. When you inadvertently murder someone. Yeah. It's just like, you know. Just for trying to do your job. Yeah. And it's like, you know. Shout out to The Rock, though, for getting rid of real guns on all his sets. Yeah. There's really no cause for it. Not in this day and age. If you can, like, make fucking Tupac dance on stage when he's been dead for 20 years. Yeah. uh, Live. Like, not even in a a movie. Like, live. yeah, Yeah. I mean, you can make a fake gun look real. Yeah. I you sh- I should be able to take this remote control and just hold it like this, and th- you can make that look like a gun. Yeah. Yeah. People in Star Wars movies have been hitting each other with sticks for fucking forty years, and they still look like laser swords. Yeah. Although they can't hit the fucking broadside of a barn with a sh- ray gun. Nope. <laughs> well, you know, it's just the, the the technology's just not there, not there. <laughs> for the ray guns. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Snyder does pour some cold water on his own report saying that it hasn't gone before WB's green light committee just yet. So what you're saying is you're blowing smoke up people's asses. <laughs> I mean, basically Brad Pitt's come along and he'd be like, Hey, if you guys want to do this, I'll give you some money. <laughs> just let me know. Right. <laughs> Uh, no word yet on whether Tim Burton will be involved. This is the first real update we've gotten on Beetlejuice 2 in several years, with the last one coming in 2017 when Mike, oh my goodness, Vukadinovich was hired to write the screenplay, or to rewrite the screenplay, originally written by Seth Graham Smith. Which, of course. (laughs) Right. He kind of writes everything. Especially anything in that vein. Yeah. And, you know, like, even though Plan B has made some decent movies, I mean, not ones that I've seen, per se, but <laughs> apparently good. Like, they made, like they produced, um, let's see, um, like, Moonlight, um, The Big Short, Selma, 12 Years a Slave, so, and Moneyball. Hmm. So they've produced some solid movies, but they also made World War Z. Right. <laughs> so there's that. Um, well, they did that uh, that movie about Dick Cheney, too, with um, Christian Bale. Was it just called Dick? <laughs> it's called Vice, but... Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah. So... The name Brad Pitt doesn't give me a lot of uh, warm and fuzzies. Or Plan B, I should say. Because Brad Pitt does kind of give me the warm and fuzzies. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> <In> my pants. <laughs> that guy's got to be, what, 80? <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got to be like in his mid-50s somewhere. And, man, he's still a handsome guy. Yeah, and he just eats chips all the time. <laughs> I was, we were listening to, um, 
<clears throat> Armchair Expert podcast, and I think they were talking to Chuck Polinuk. Somebody, whoever they were talking to, and they were talking about how Brad Pitt is always eating in movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dak Shepard is like, wait, really? I'm like, how have you not noticed? <laughs> well, I know in uh, Ocean's Eleven, um, that was like a joke. Like, I don't know if it was Brad Pitt that came up with that or if it was like Steven Soderbergh. Um, but that was like the like a gimmick about his character. Like he was always eating something in well, every scene. Uh, apparently it's like a Brad Pitt thing. Like he when when he's not talking, he want he needs to be doing something with his mouth. So he like that's he prefers to be eating on screen. Fair enough. I mean, that's daring. A lot of actors don't like to eat on screen. Well, yeah, as long as you're not like, <laughs> you know, like doing some ASMR shit. I some... mean, some people are just gross eaters. And... What's that? What's that called? Mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people are just gross eaters, and they ought to be fucking aware of it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Beetlejuice two, starring Brad Pitt. <laughs> and his chips. I don't even know if Beetlejuice two could be good. I don't. I don't know that it's possible to be good. Uh, give me Beetlejuice in Hawaii, or give me death. Let's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Honestly, like thinking about it objectively, where does the story go? Yeah, that that movie was like lightning in a bottle, you know. Yeah, and it's just like wh- exactly where do you go from that and keep it interesting? It just. To, to just make a sequel seems cheap. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm going to guess Jeffrey Jones won't be in it. I mean, probably not. <laughs> Don't diddle kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only want to see Catherine O'Hara in it if she's playing... Um, what's her face? The mom. Deets. Uh, no, fuck. Um... Moira Rose? Moira Rose. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name. Like, something Rose, something Rose. I mean, in a way, Delia Dietz kind of paved the way for, like, she was kind of a early version of Moira Rose. Oh, I know. And you know, like, the way she says, Bebe? Bebe. <laughs> Apparently, she just, like, said that. was that improvised, on. yeah. And that just, like, became a part of her character. Um. Anyway. She's great. She's so good. Speaking of sequels that should not be made, <laughs> I had the same thought. Uh, there is apparently, it's not even a rumor, apparently this is actually in, in the works. Um, they're developing a sequel to I Am Legend. Now, I feel that I am often standing alone on a hill in my absolute detestment of Will Smith. <laughs> Like I think he's kind of a hack, um, and I think he ruins what would otherwise be a good movie. Um, I just he bugs me. Like I thought he was funny in Fresh Prince. I even listened to some of his music, but I don't know. Ever since maybe Men in Black. No, I like see. I like Men in Black, but probably not because of him. 
but I think probably after Men in Black, you know that those two summers where he was like really hot shit, like Men in Black and Independence Day and like he and Wild Wild West, like he had those like real big blockbuster movies. Yeah. After that, when he started like doing more serious roles, that's when I started to get annoyed by him. <laughs> I think the reason you don't like him is because you had a kid. Because we all know, parents just don't understand. <laughs> you know, it's probably right. No, you know, actually, I can think back to the first thing that he just did that pissed me off. Not necessarily like thinking he's bad in a movie or a TV show, but the thir- first thing he did creatively that pissed me off was he bought the Karate Kid franchise and used so it as he a could put a stupid kid, kid yeah. in it and made a shitty, stupid movie. He it wasn't even about karate. It was about karate. <sighs> anyway. But I am legend. Again, I am legend. Where do you go with this story? That I, movie was pretty self-contained. Yeah. I am still legend. <laughs> as it is called. <laughs> Wait, really? No. Oh. <laughs> but what are they going to call him? We are legend? Anyway. But the big news is that Will Smith is signed on to uh, star in the sequel alongside a certain Michael B. Jordan. Of Space Jam? Of Space Jam. <laughs> what is, is he Michael A. Jordan? Or, or J. J. Michael J. Jordan. Yep. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. MJJ. Yep. MJJ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same initials as Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Deadline says Smith is returning for the next chapter as a star and producer, of course. Uh, he'll be joined on screen by Black Panther. Black Panther? He's been in so many other things where he was like the star. <laughs> Black Panther. Uh, who will also produce. Um. Oscar winner and producer Akiva Goldsman, who adapted the Richard Matheson 1954 novel, is also returning to write the follow-up. You know, for him, for me, uh, he has a lot of hit and miss. Michael right? Jordan? No, no, no. Um, Akiva Goldsman. Oh. Um, what did he win an Oscar for? Um, I, I don't know. Let's find out. Best screenplay for... Uh, <laughs> something. Google, you are not helpful right now. <laughs> I would have thought it'd be easier to find on his... Wikipedia page. Too. Yeah, it just says Golden Globe Award for Best Screenplay Motion Picture. But like for for what? No. Well, maybe I'm, I don't know. It really doesn't matter. <clears throat> anyway, so he's coming back to write. And you know, I, I feel like writing was probably part of the problem with <laughs> the first movie. Uh plot details at this time remained under lock and key, but one can probably assume that it's uh, Will Smith, who I thought was dead in the first movie. Um, well, he, he's legend, as the title implies. 
and Michael B. Jordan joins him, and they have a team up. And now, now we are legend. Yeah, they are legend. Right, he, he is legend. <laughs> <laughs> they are joined by BillyWitchDoctor dot com and Ultra Mega Chicken. <laughs> Uh, bu- 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 2007 film saw Do- Smith's doctor Robert Nibble, uh walking alone Nibble. Th- Nibble. <laughs> walking alone through New York City calling out for other possible survivors and works on finding a cure for the plague using his own immune blood Neville knows that he's badly outnumbered and the odds are against him and all the while the infected wait for him to make a mistake that will, never, that will deliver Neville into their hands you know what the best adaptation of um, Matheson's novel was? Omega Man. Omega Man. That was fucking dope. Hell yeah, dude. Even for like, even though I think Charlton Heston's kind of a turd, and uh, you know that movie is old as shit, it's still a good one. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, and like, far superior to this. I mean, it's far superior to like anything Will Smith will ever do. Um, and but it definitely superior to I Am Legend. <laughs> yep, they should retitle Omega Man to I Am Legend because I mean that's the name of the novel. They renamed the movie. Uh, they should rename it to I Am Legend so that when people look for this on like VOD platforms, they'll at least see Omega Man. And be like, hmm, maybe that one's better. <laughs> So John Mulaney's baby mama. Dude, I totally forgot they were together. And like he I was watching his uh, SNL monologue. Dude, it was so good. It was pretty good. <laughs> uh and uh he was he said, I just had a son. Like he, my girl my girlfriend just gave birth to my son. I'm like, who's his girlfriend? I had heard they split. Oh really? Yeah. But then when he talked about when he was saying my girlfriend on SNL, I looked at cheese and I was like, Are they still together? I thought they broke up. It's I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, what happened in his previous relationship <laughs> to make them split up, but man, like, so he went into rehab. He got out of rehab, and, and this is just based on like the timeline of events. He got went into rehab, got out of rehab, split up with his wife, and then almost immediately started dating Olivia, Olivia Munn, and then almost immediately they got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if he cheated on his wife. But there was definitely emotional feelings between him and Olivia Munn that, had to be, that yeah. may have contributed to their divorce. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on other people's relationships. But yeah, it all happened very fast. Yeah. Like almost overlapping. Yeah. I won't. Uh, yeah. I won't tell stories out of school, but. You know. It paints a picture. Have you seen little Malcolm? Malcolm Mulaney? No. Malmu? No. (laughs) He kind of looks like your kid. He's a little little chubby thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, But Olivia Munn is entering the world of The Walking Dead. Because don't worry. I know we're all concerned about The Walking Dead ending this year after its 48th season. (laughs) 
but there will always be more Walking Dead forever. It's been 85 years. <laughs> or whatever. She, what, what's the joke from Titanic? I think it's 83. It might be 85. I don't know. Uh, Mun has joined the 80. latest. What is it? It's been 84 years. 84. Oh, right in between. Uh, Variety reports that Olivia Munn has joined the latest spinoff called Tales of the Walking Dead alongside Danny Ramirez, Lone Chabanal, Mbeth Davids, and Jesse T. Usher. Uh, Tales of the Walking Dead is an anthology spinoff where each episode is a new story. Uh, The show's six episode first season is expected to premiere this summer. Um, like I said, episodic original stories set within the zombie universe of The Walking Dead. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't The Walking Dead, in fact, Tales of The Walking Dead? Yes, it is. Like, I would think, like, every episode could be considered, like, a tale of The Walking Dead. I mean, I guess it's one big tale. Sure. Really. But it is, in fact, the tale. Yeah. Uh, like I said, each one-hour episode is set within the world of The Walking Dead and will feature both new and existing characters. Oh, bother. Wait, new characters? <laughs> Isaiah? <laughs> uh, somewhere Steve Asbell's ears just perked up. What? <laughs> new characters. <laughs> Impossible. Uh, the show's cast also includes Daniela Pineda, Terry Crews, Parker Posey, Jillian Bell... Anthony Edwards and Poppy Lou. Goose? Goose? Top Gun? Anthony Edwards? Goose? Oh, I'm thinking of Anthony Anderson. <laughs> no. Who's Anthony Edwards? He's Goose? He's Goose. Okay. <laughs> he is the Goose. Uh, confirmed directors include Haifa Al-Mansur, Deborah Campmere, Tara Nicole Weir, and Michael Satrazimus. You know, I'd be lying if I told you I knew who any of those people were. Yeah. Sames. Uh, For those of you keeping track at home, this is the fourth Walking Dead series. Um, And literally the only thing AMC has going for it. So we've got The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Brave New World, I think is the other one. And this. And we've also got the new adventures of Carol and Daryl coming up. And at home with The Walking Dead. There legitimately was rumors of a cooking show at one point. Oh, I shit you not. For fuck's sake. I don't know how serious they were, but... They still do that show with Hardwick, Talking Dead or whatever No, it was? he got canceled after his whole thing. Did that actually, like... Okay. They I... may have they may have brought it back with Yvette Nicole Brown hosting. Oh, Okay. It just like yeah, when he when that whole thing happened with him, it didn't really seem like it stuck. So I don't I didn't know. I know he stepped down from Nerdist, but that's like the only thing I heard about his career actually being affected. I mean, they canceled the Wall, which was an awesome uh, game show. Is that the one where they had to fit into like holes as it was like moving towards them? No. Oh, <laughs> this was one where they answered trivia questions and then they got these like balls and they, it was basically a giant Plinko board. They would drop the balls down and there was different denominations of money. Ah, you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. That was the Ellen thing. 
Was it Ellen? Yeah. I think she started that on her talk show and it like branched off into its own show. Oh. Because I, I think it was adapted from a Japanese show because, of course. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of wacky shit that Japanese people do. Yeah, it was basically like uh, like in cartoons where there was like a hole in the shape <laughs> of a person and you had to like make that shape. Yeah. And then it was like. What did it be? Like push you into water or something if you didn't. Probably. Yeah, the Japanese love pushing people into water. <laughs> but the best Japanese show ever. Actually, it's it's actually in a like a, a redub of of a Japanese show. Most extreme elimination challenge. Yes. <laughs> or the unbeatable Banzuke. I don't know that one. Uh, that's good. That's a good one. Um, you know who should make a game show? Who the Aquabats? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but I'm sure it would be awesome. Dude, did you watch any of the new Legends of the Hidden Temple? No. It's not as entertaining because like... Because it's adults? It's adults. And, and they know how to put together a fucking silver monkey. Yes. <laughs> I feel like these puzzles that were such a challenge as a child are not so challenging anymore. Man, I can't tell you how many times I watch that show at home like, that's the head! What are you doing? <laughs> Idiots! Put the body on first! <gasps> Seriously, it was three fucking pieces. Yeah. It's like, and like the the head has a spike. Put that on last. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. It's like butt, body, head. It's it's a monkey. Like, <laughs> I do have to say, though, that the uh, fucking temple guards look a little creepier. They always look kind of creepy until you analyze them. Then they didn't look so creepy. But these guys, yeah. What's what's the big rock guy's name? Omac. Omac. Yeah. He's, he's back. Yep. I don't know if it's the same guy doing the voice or not. But it's like the same thing. Like, it's the same, like, animatronic thing where his mouth just goes like this. <laughs> Flapping like a Muppet. Yeah. yeah. A Muppet talk on this episode. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's horror business. You know, you know what they should do for the next Walking Dead spinoff? What's that? Muppets. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Like in> Muppets. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'd watch some zombie Muppets. Oh, we've got fucking Muppets Christmas Carol. Just fucking Muppets. <laughs> it's the next likely step. Yeah, I mean, they've already done Muppets Treasure Island. Muppets Wizard of Oz. But, yeah, yeah. Why not Muppets Walking Dead? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's horror business, guys. Um, we'll just do some film reviews now. Yeah, that's what we do. All right, guys, so we got two movies on deck for you. Uh, one's brand new, one less brand new. <laughs> I had another one that was brand new. Yeah, can uh, we talk about that real quick? Yeah, so I started watching Slapface. I know the last episode we said that we were gonna, I was going to basically pick on the day, which movie I was going to review. Um, this is the day. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, I picked Slapface, which was I think we talked about it on the show. Yeah, mostly just because the name was so ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, it was a Shutter movie, so it's like okay, don't cost nothing. Um, and you hadn't watched it yet. No, I was going to watch it this morning. I started watching it. 
Uh, and I got about 20 minutes in and like, I just, I couldn't stick with it. Like it was, I've watched a lot of bad movies for the show (laughs) and you know, like it or not, I muscle through it and then, yeah, I'll give an honest, honest opinion about it when when we record the show. So that face was so bad and so disjointed that I I told you like okay scrap that we're not doing this one we're watching something else which um, has not happened in n- 8 years of this show no um the only time we've ever switched a movie was when um like we thought it was going to be available and it wasn't or um like if we didn't have time to get to a theater something yeah something like that Never because one was so bad that I just, and so like I told you, like there's been movies I've wanted to turn off. Yeah, there, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, like I said, I watched this for 20 minutes, and it. I think I told you it was like the person editing the movie was drunk and just forgot to put scenes in the final cut, and so like it was just like jumping around from place to place without any real connection between scenes. And it was just all over the place. I'm like, I I told you, it's like, I don't want to watch all of this. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to come and talk about it for half an hour either. Um, So, yeah, I just called the game on that one and uh, switched to something else. So... Uh, you know, if you have Shutter, watch fucking Slapface at your own peril, guys. Because <laughs> my God, it was unbearable. That's crazy. And it's not like the acting was bad, or you know, like technically speaking, everything was fine, except the fact that the whole fucking movie. Well, I mean, what I watched didn't look like it was following in like a linear fashion. It's like it'd be in one scene, and then suddenly, without any kind of transition, it would just be in a different scene that didn't seem like it was related to the last thing I just watched. (laughs) I was was getting, like, upset. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, pick something else, and I'm glad I did. Uh, Anyway, what do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with Studio 666. Fighters, you gotta get me a record. It's our 10th album. We gotta break the mold on this one. Let's out. Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa. Doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. Living room. Let me apologize in advance for all the rock we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'll lay them on you. Dude, wait, 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 wait. It's called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. How are you feeling? Everything okay? Ever since we moved into this house, my mind is flooded. We all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. 
it allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. One flew over the cuckoo's nest crazy. It's this place, man. Let's finish the track. Can't we just wait, dude? Destroy the drums. You found a new musical note? Hell yes, I did. It's an L. Any chefs in the grill? I'm pretty handy on the grill. Yeah, you like your meat charred and dry. Ah! Let's make a killer barbecue. What do we do? We go save his ass. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. Here you go, man. Finish the song. You did. All right, so Studio 666 is based on a story by Dave Grohl. Yes. With, with a screenplay by Jeff Bowler, <laughs> uh, who, of course, wrote the remake of Pet Cemetery and Midnight Meat Train and others. Uh, Remember how bad Pet Cemetery was? Not, not good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the original Pet Cemetery wasn't that high of a bar. But wow. But they limboed under it. Sure did. So we get an opening scene and we it's we get some words on Oh, by the way, for whatever reason when I saw this in the theater, it had Spanish subtitles. Really? Yeah. The whole thing? The whole thing. What in the fuck? I don't know. I was one of three people in the theater. So I don't know if the other two people were like, hey, can you put Spanish subtitles? Or, But the, this theater only shows this movie once a day. So it wasn't like I specifically went or could have avoided yeah. seeing Spanish subtitles. So that was a little distracting. Did you have to go to like a, like a smaller theater, like an art house theater? Or it was an AMC. It was it? Okay. So 1993 Encino. Uh, there's this band, which we find out later is called Dream Widow. Which, by the way, did you see that uh, Foo Fighters put out a song as Dream Widow? No. Uh, we see the the lead singer, a woman named Sky Willow, um, played by uh, Jenna Ortega. She's crawling across the floor with a compound fracture. Just bones sticking out of her leg. And her femur. Yeah. How does that happen? Usually you see it down in, in your tibia. In your tibia. <laughs> Inside joke. Um, but yeah, this this was like up in her thigh area. Uh, but she's crawling away and we see this guy come up behind her with a hammer and he just knocks her right in the forehead. Like leaves a big, complete, total circle, perfect yeah. circle right in the middle of her forehead. Um, we then have our like super 90s looking credits. <laughs> We're then shown uh, the Foo Fighters. Apparently this was 2019. I don't remember if they said that, but... It said present day, which I know you hate. <laughs> Were there cell phones? 
Well, of course there's fucking cell phones. It's the future, goddammit. It's present day. Yeah, it said present day, but it was 2019, so that's not present day. That's three years ago. Yeah. Pull your head out of your ass. 20 years? Not going to be present day. It's going to be even less present day. Yeah. But the Foo Fighters are in their... Uh, they're in the offices of their manager, Jeremy Schill, played by Jeff Garland, who has had some issues recently. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's, he's not very popular. Yeah. But they're planning their 10th album. They, they all play themselves, by the way. Right. They're planning their 10th album, and they tell Chill, they're like, don't worry, it's all up here. We, we've got the album, it's just all up here. And he's like, all right, well, an album up here is worth a frozen bucket of shit. <laughs> he's like, I don't know where you get a frozen bucket of shit, but that's what you're giving me right now. He says the, the, the phrase frozen bucket of shit like five times. There's a lot of times. A lot of frozen shit. <laughs> but they basically tell him, they're like, hey, you know, we, you always give us the same studios. They all sound the same. This is our 10th album. We want to do something big. We want to do something different. And so he's like, I think I have just the place. And he calls up this woman, Barb. Says, hey, the Foo Fighters are looking for a new place to record. And she's like, oh, I know just the place. And then they do their Pearl Jam high five. <laughs> What the fuck is that about? It's, is the that co- a- it's the cover of Ten, the Pearl Jam album Ten. They're like all high fiving. Oh, really? Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't know much Pearl Jam, so. Oh, well, now you know. I do know. And Dave Grohl says Jeremy has fucking spoken. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, did I got you, that joke. Did you get when the the next time they do the Pearl Jam high five and he says we're still alive? I do know. <laughs> I didn't catch it at first. But. Also, before I get too far into this, uh, the music, Muzak, uh, like the the incidentals, was done or the the score, I guess it was done by one John Carpenter. Yeah, the the opening credits theme too. And by the way, let's jump ahead a little bit. He makes a little cameo. Yeah. You know what? It was a hot take. I don't understand why people like John Carpenter's music. It's fine for a score. It's just like fucking like hitting random notes on a synth- on a synthesizer. I don't understand the people that are like, I'm going to go see John Carpenter perform the score to They Live Live. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. You're watching this fucking hundred-year-old man behind a keyboard. Yeah. With flashing lights. Cool. Play some repetitive music. Oh. There's fucking people listening to The Cure in the 80s. <laughs> John Carpenter's musical genius. Fuck you. <laughs> pull your finger out of your ass. <laughs> That's what I said. I said. Pull your finger out of your ass. So, obviously, the place where Barb takes them is this house in Encino. Where the man and is from. When when the man comes around? The man. The, the Encino man. <laughs> He's from there. I don't think he is. <laughs> thought he was from Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> But at first they're just like, man, this place is a, a shithole. Fucking everything about it is just dilapidated. But then they go into the like the main room and Dave claps. And it makes this really weird kind of ominous, sinister sound. He's just like, you guys hear that? It's like the perfect sound. Mm. So they're like, all right, we'll take it. Uh, also, he's like, Dave's like making the calls for like the entire band. Like he's making decisions for like everyone. Well, yeah, he's a fucking rock star. <laughs> 
If you don't like it, call fucking Jimmy Page. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but they start having writer's block. More specifically, Dave starts having writer's block. Right. Uh, he's like, all right, guys, I finally finally came up with something. Check it out. And he starts playing the intro to uh, All My Life. Yeah. <laughs> and Pat Smear is like, so, All My Life. He's like, oh, shit. Okay, I've got one more. And he starts playing Everlong. <laughs> Taylor Hawkins is like, yeah, that's that's Everlong. You wrote that 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I've already written all my songs. And then we cut to him behind a keyboard. And he starts playing Hello by Lionel Richie. <laughs> And Lionel Richie walks in the room. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's my song. He's like, that's a great fucking song. But that's my fucking song. <laughs> you write your own song, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, I, I, you probably don't watch American Idol, do you? No. She watches it and like, like Amer- uh, Lionel Richie is one of the judges. Uh, and... It's funny because he has this like really calm demeanor, and in that where he's like so aggressive and and like like upset, <laughs> it's just it was funny to see the contrast. Yeah. Uh, as they're getting set to start recording, one of their I guess their their roadie or their their tech, uh, Krug, played by Carrie King. King. <laughs> like it took me a second, like. Was that fucking Carrie King? What the hell is he doing here? Yeah, I was like, is that Carrie King or just a guy who looks like Carrie King? And then like I saw him again. I was like, nope, that's fucking Carrie King. It's hard to tell. There's a giant spike gauntlet on. Yeah, and he had his uh, goatee tied up in a p- ponytail. Yeah, and you can see exactly how m- much of a chin he doesn't have. <laughs> uh, but he gets electrocuted. Gets turned into a bratwurst, as they say. <laughs> by, by the way, like, so... Standard household uh, amperage or sorry voltage um, is 120 volts, which is not enough to do that to someone unless they were just sitting there being electrocuted for like hours. Yeah, but this is a demonic house. Sure. Yeah, it's just funny. It's got that extra juice, <laughs> the demon juice, <laughs> which is my favorite energy drink. Um. So yeah, they're they're kind of, you know, weirded out. They're like they're like we 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 gotta stay again. Dave is like we gotta stay and finish this album for Krug. Can't let his death be in vain. So they decide to stay. Uh, Dave orders some food. Will Forte is the delivery driver. He's supposed to be this like metal guy with a fake mustache and long hair. Why? Can Will Forte not pull off a fake mustache? Every time I see him in a fake mustache, it's so clearly a fake mustache. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's because his upper lip is so tiny. Maybe. I would just be like, hey, can you grow a mustache? Like, because we don't want to give you a fake mustache because it looks stupid. <laughs> but then Dave, like, hears a dripping sound. He says, am I the only one that cares about the drought? <laughs> And he goes and he checks the faucet and the faucet's not on. So he follows the sound down to the basement. And down there he sees a bunch of recording equipment, like old uh, reel-to-reels and stuff. Also sees a raccoon nailed to the wall. Doesn't really seem to care all that much about it. And just split open and bleeding into, yeah. onto the floor. 
but he listens to this music and he's like, this is it. This is, this is the sound. This is what I've been looking for. Uh, and I don't know if, if you notice, but they're like doing these like cuts of different things that are around the basement and you see the, the like the ray gun from their debut album. Oh, up yeah, on the yeah. wall. <laughs> but here's this, this song and he's like, you know, this is it. Light bulb fills with blood and explodes. Wasn't that like a, what was that? God damn it, what fucking movie did that? Yeah, it's definitely been done before. Evil Dead? I think so. Is Evil Dead one or two? It might be, yeah. It seems like something that would happen in an Evil Dead movie. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> um, So, Dave starts working on this song, and he's trying to teach the other guys the song. Like Pat Smear's like, what key is this? And he says, it's L sharp. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Just so you're aware, the uh, fucking musical scale goes from A to G. Yeah. Voyage in H. H flat. Lower. <laughs> yeah, like Pat even says, he's like, you invented an entire new note? Well, yeah. So they start playing the song. Every time, every time he plays the note, it's like he strums it on his guitar, and like underneath the sound, you can hear this. Like, yeah. Um, but they they keep playing the song, and it just keeps getting longer and longer. Eventually, I think they're up to like forty four minutes at some point. Yeah. Um. Whitney Cummings plays their neighbor, and. The keyboard player Rami is just like obsessed with her. Mm. He he's this kind of like new agey. I wonder how much of this is his real. Yeah, identity. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I assume all of these guys are playing some kind of comedic versions of themselves. Yeah, but R- Rami definitely, I think, was probably the most uh, overemphasized. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's very new agey, and it's <laughs> she brings them lemon bars. She's like, it's my mom's recipe with a little twist. And he's like, hmm, is this cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> Lemon bars with cocaine on them. <laughs> fucking, also, r- fucking rock stars, man. Did Whitney Cummings get a boob job? Boob job. Yes, she did. Okay. <laughs> it's like, because uh, like, I never really watched her show. My parents did. Um, the one with fucking Chris Delea did? Yeah, that one. Uh I'm like, I don't remember her boobs being that big. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she got multiple plastic surgeries, including boobs. She kind of looks like it. Uh, Dave also sees this weird landskeeper guy outside. Um, he keeps his back to him, so he doesn't really see his face, but he's wearing a hat like the ones that you always wear now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bald like you are. Hmm. <laughs> Not saying it was me, <laughs> but I'm not not saying. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like creeping outside, and every time Dave tries to chase him down, he disappears. Uh, let's see. I don't want to give away all the kills and stuff, but people start getting killed uh, by various fucked up methods. You know, honestly, I think a good number of these kills you could see in the trailer. Really? I mean, did, did you watch the, 
maybe I don't maybe not the regular trailer, but definitely the red band trailer. Yeah. Um, like, I mean Taylor Hawkins. Like, I'm pretty sure even in the regular trailer, you see Taylor Hawkins get it. (laughs) Okay, so I guess uh, fuck it. Let's talk about it. Uh, (laughs) Will Forte gets killed by the groundskeeper guy. He like uh, gives him the burning. I was wondering if that was a, ref- a reference because the way that he like raises up the the hedge trimmers is exactly the same. Yeah, cuts off his head with the hedge trimmers. Uh, the guys come out and find it, and uh, again they're, they're like, "We have to call the cops." And Dave's like, "No, we can't call the cops because then they'll shut this place down and we won't be able to record and all this stuff." Dave's been possessed, by the way. Yeah, I it it's very subtle at first. Yeah. But yeah, when Dave listened to the song in the basement, he became possessed. Uh, it, it's very They Reach. Clearly an homage. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he like won't let him leave until they finish this song. Uh, he completely like takes Taylor's phone in his hand and just crushes it like a fucking soda can or something. Which that right there would have been, would have tipped me off a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> Yeah, it's like phones are usually made of like milled aluminum, which you know you think of an aluminum can, but like aluminum it doesn't just bend all that easily. Yeah, <laughs> this like crumbles too. Yeah, but yeah. He also he tells all the other guys he's like, "Give me your phones. Give me the keys to the van. I want to make sure that nobody leaves." Um, Sh- Shifty is that the first guy that gets killed? Yeah. Chris Shiflet, um, the guitarist. We see somebody come up behind him while he's grilling and stab him and then like put him in the grill and stab a couple more times and then shut the grill on him. And we pan out and you see like the hat and you see like the Michael Myers jumpsuit thing, but it's Dave. Ooh, fuck. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, they get a new engineer comes in, and that's that's where John Carpenter comes in. He plays an engineer, and he just like hangs out for a couple days and then leaves. Right. <laughs> really kind of inconsequential, just a way to stick John Carpenter in there, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, like the song keeps getting longer and longer, but Dave can't come up with an ending. Now that's what this thing keeps telling him to do: to finish the song, finish the song, finish the song. And it's like it's the same song that he heard in the basement. Yeah, he's just. Now they're playing it. It doesn't sound like a Foo Fighters song. No. It so reminded like, me of the sword. So, I think it sounded kind of kind of sounded like a almost like a thrash song. Not, not so much the intro. Like the intro, yeah, I could definitely hear like the sword or maybe like Mastodon. Um but uh Yeah, once it gets going, it's kinda of like got that like gallopy metal. Yeah, very thrash like uh I, and then I, there's like crazy solos and it, it goes all over the place yeah and like at one point dave's like then the bass comes in it's like <laughs> and then the drums are like <laughs> <laughs> um but so like whitney cummings is the the harbinger she's the one that tells him you know that there's this thing that possesses the house and it possessed this other band and caused uh, this guy Greg Knoll to kill his whole band, and now it apparently has Dave. And she, she says, "You know, she can suck it out." Of him. <laughs> but Rami is, Rami is like, "No, no, no." 
Uh, I guess I won't give away Rami's death because that one was my favorite. It's pretty good. But again, it was in the Red Band trailer. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then I will give it away. All right. I, you don't have to. Just No, I'm gonna. Okay. Uh, Rami's fucking Whitney Cummings and Dave is under the bed with a chainsaw and he just comes up through her face into his face and then just saws them both right down the middle. Yeah, it was like this fucking big ass Texas Chainsaw 2 uh, um, chainsaw. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and then Taylor like finishes his drum tracks. And then so Dave was like, you did it. You finished. And then he grabs a cymbal and throws it at him, chops his head in half. Very wrong turn-esque. Mm-hmm. And like his body just slides down. Dave flips off his body as it slides down the wall. <laughs> Uh, eventually Pat and Nate, they find the, the book that Winnie tells them about, which is basically the Necronomicon and they, uh, try to do an exorcism. I won't give away the end, but, um, there's a part in it where that's like all this, the telltale signs of being possessed. I don't remember what the first one was. Uh, was it like intolerance to food or something like that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> he just vomits all over the window. Then he says, like, no more. <sighs> Fuck. Like, it's something really fucking disgusting. Like, why would you eat that? Um, and he calls himself Davey, too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was so gross. Was it something with shrimp? No. Fuck, I don't know. Damn it. But then the second one was levitation. And we just see, like, Pat and I think it's Pat and Nate or maybe it's Pat and uh, Shifty are playing guitar and you just see Dave levitate into the background and he's just like focus on the L flat and then just levitates out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shifty was just telling Pat she's like look just just go with it. Play the G flat and just just roll with it. <laughs> and it's like it's L sharp. <laughs> And then the third one is constant masturbation. And we see Pat like knocking on his door. He says like, it sounds like you're punching a wet chicken breast or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But then they're like, he did that before though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then some, uh, some other things happen. Yep. They try and do an exorcism and then I, I, maybe it takes, maybe it doesn't. You'll have to see the movie. <laughs> If you can, I mean, you know, they put this out the same weekend as Batman. That was not a good idea. Like I was, I was telling my girlfriend, I, this movie does not feel like a theatrical release. I'm surprised they put this in theaters. Yeah. It was definitely felt like a, like a direct to video. <clears throat> I, I had the same thought sitting in the theater. I'm like, why was this in theaters? Like when they first announced it, I was like, oh sweet. I wonder if this is going to be on like Hulu or Netflix. And they're like in theaters. I'm like, well, but why? Yeah. And especially on such a fucking, like, the wrong fucking weekend. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, some, some, like, film deals, like, you have to have them screen in theaters for, you know, any number of theaters for any number of days. Sure. uh, In order to get, like, VOD clearance or something. I don't know. Um, But... But, like, this is put out by, like, Open Road Films. Like, it's not a major studio. Yeah, I've, these studios I've never even heard of. <clears throat> um, 
the acting abilities of the Foo Fighters were kind of all over. Varied, yeah. Uh, I think probably the strongest was, I don't know, probably either be- between Shifty and Dave. Yeah. I think they were probably the strongest actors. Pat was just Pat is not good. real bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes it worked for his, like, his, his character, um, but... Overall, yeah, I mean, he was just terrible. Um, also, I don't know how much older he is than everyone else, but he looks like an old man. He does, yeah. <laughs> he looks much older than everyone else. Yeah. But also, Dave Grohl doesn't look like he's 55 or however old he is. Like, he's much older than he looks. Yeah, I, I believe it. Because, I mean, what? He was yeah, 53. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, this movie is an hour and 47 minutes and what, it was it really does not need to be honestly i wouldn't have guessed it was that long it really did, it didn't seem like it was that long i thought it took a little too long to get to the point well yeah um it's funny it, it just because of covid and how we haven't really been doing a lot of movies that are in the theater that I've gotten so used to being able to check to see how much is left or how much how much I've watched so f- so far. And like, I'm sitting there in the theater. I'm like, I wonder how much of this is left. I'm like, oh wait, I can't check. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought the end just like, I was like, oh, it's over. Oh no, there's more. Oh, now it's over. Nope, there's more still. <laughs> right. It's one of those kind of movies where like they, it doesn't didn't feel like they were trying to do a fake ending. It just seemed like you thought the story was over, but then they were just like, oh, but there's also this other thing. Yeah. The end didn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, like, I understood it. I understood what was happening. But, like, when you reference it back to what just happened earlier in, like, the the final scenes, it didn't seem like it made any sense. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but, you know, like, this is a kind of movie you don't really go to watch and have it make a lot of sense or, you know, have, you're not looking for, like, the next Amityville Horror Exorcist yeah. or whatever, you know? It's just... Y- it's y- a goof. Yeah. Y- <laughs> that was my only thing is I, I wish it had been, like, more kind of slapsticky. Yeah, I wish there was more slapstick and more just, like, over-the-top gore shit. Yeah. Which, you know, there were... A couple scenes, at least, that had some really like over the top gore, uh, Rami's death and um, and uh, the opening scene when Jenna Ortega is getting her head smashed in. Um, those were like the two principal like super gory parts. Um, there was some other minor stuff along the way, but I wish there was more of that. Um, I'm kind of surprised that like. They had, you know, Jeff Garland, Whitney Cummings, Will Forte, and they're they're all like bit characters. Yeah. Like the bulk of the movie is just the band. But yeah. like you said, like the acting, like even the best actor in the band is not a great actor. Right. So I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't kind of lean into some more actors to kind of carry the movie a little bit more. Yeah. That's funny. Like this got Jimmy Simpson at the end. Oh, yeah. For like, for like five, five seconds. seconds. It's funny, like, it, something I noticed, like, through the entire movie is uh, 
Taylor Hawkins, he looked like he was fighting looking at the camera. He probably was. Like, it was like he was like, it was clear that he was like trying to look everywhere but the camera so he didn't spike <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, the jokes were funny. Yeah. No, uh, I, I definitely laughed out loud several times. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 not just because of the jokes so much. I mean, jokes were funny, but not just because of the jokes. Also, because like this is this is the Foo Fighters. These are actual like actual musicians. They're not some made up band full of actors. You know, right? These are actual musicians that you can see in a concert that are are doing this and being you know goofy slapstick doofuses in film. You know, yeah. Um. Yeah. This director, like B.J. McDonald, like I think this is his first directorial film. It looks like he's a camera guy by trade, which actually makes sense because it was shot really well. Yeah, it was. And I like the parts when um, um, oh, you didn't you didn't mention the demons. Oh yeah, you see. I mean, eventually you see the 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 motherfucker in the hat, um, and he's all kind of like not zombied out, but he's kind of got that look of him. But then there's these demons who are just you just see these shadows with like glowing red eyes and teeth. Yeah, it was a cool look. I mean, it was real simple. Yeah, um, but yeah. Like you couldn't even really see them all that well. It was like they're always sh- kind of shrouded in shadow. Yeah, they're always kind of hanging back behind the um, the main guy. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like um, like the end of demons. Mm-hmm. All the glowing eyes and stuff. Um, but yeah, all you see is their red eyes, and when they open their mouth, they had like red, like glowing red mouths. That was a pretty cool look. Anyway, but yeah, there was a scene where around the time Dave's first being possessed that he, why does he wake up? When he's having the dream? Yeah, he wakes up, he wakes up twice. Yeah. Why does he wake up the first time? Somebody was cutting his throat. Or no. Fuck, I don't remember. Fuck. Yeah, he, he he's in bed and he and something happens. He's I mean he's dreaming and he wakes up. And he goes he like he lays back down, and he clicks his light off and his whole room disappears and he's just in this big black void surrounded by these demons. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought and they come up and they start disemboweling him. I don't like that bowel in there. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um but yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not you know, high cinema, it's not a a great piece of horror or anything, but for what it is, yeah, it was fun. It was like you said, it was funny, it was goofy. I just I wish they had leaned into that more, like I said, um, and been more of just an over the top horror. Yeah. Yeah. And also like 
the theater was not a, not the place for this. This really should have just been VOD. Yeah. I think they probably would have gotten more attention that way. And it's like, if you're going to put it out in theaters, again, don't... Guys, if you're putting out a low-budget film, do not, under any circumstances, put it out the same weekend as a superhero movie. Yeah. Particularly Batman. <laughs> um, because you will not get any attention. This doesn't have... So Wikipedia doesn't have the budget, but the box office, $2.3 million. That is not good. It's not great. Anyway. Rotten Tomatoes has it 55%. Like, I know that's not a rating, and that's just a percentage of critics who think that it's good. But, like, if it were a rating, I'd say that's about right. Yeah. So, um... I'll, just, I'll round up to six. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a six. I feel like it's not, it really doesn't warrant a seven. No, but five seems like it's too low. Yeah, because it's five. Five is like average, and this was just you know, a little above average. I mean, the, the the gore effects they're not like you know like astounding, top of the line. Yeah, yeah, like these, like yeah, top of the line special effects. It's like stuff you'd expect to see in a low budget horror movie, or you know like a mid budget horror movie. I mean, I imagine this probably wasn't like a shoestring. Right. No, uh, sure. Um but, but it really like it really does feel like Dave Grohl is just like I have this idea. Like you guys want to make a movie? Yeah. Like it wasn't like this like well thought out thing. Like they just David just like I you know I wrote this little short story. Let's let's make a movie out of it. Yeah, for sure. And he's like I have millions of dollars. Let's just do this. Like <laughs> Brought to you by Dave Grohl Studios like <laughs> <laughs> Um all right, well, Studio 666 in theaters now. Probably on BOD very soon. soon. <laughs> All right, next up is a Shutter exclusive, uh, a movie by the name of Anything for Jackson. My name is Audrey, and this is my husband, Henry. Mm. We don't want to hurt you or your baby. We feel this would be the best way for you to go missing. Dr. Walsh, huh? Morning. Here to clean your drive. No, no, everything's okay. Thank you so much for the book. Hail Satan. No one has more time than a grieving family. We can do this. He's coming back to us. (laughs) 
trick or treat. All right, so anything for Jackson, like I said, is a Shutter movie. Um, brought us, brought to us from our friends from the Great White North. How did you find this? I was just looking around Shutter, like I was what, like, like it was explaining earlier. I was watching Slapface and I turned it off. I'm like, this is fucking dog shit, and um, I was because you know it's late at night, the night before. We're supposed to record. I'm like, I gotta find something quick. So I just was searching around on Shutter and found this. I read the synopsis. I'd, I'd never heard of this. Me neither. I read the synopsis. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound half bad. So yeah, and um, the 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 male lead, um, Julian Richings. I've seen him in several things. So I'm like, oh, I at least know somebody from this. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, anything for Jackson. Um, this is actually from 2020, um, which is weird because I'm pretty sure Shudder said it was new. Um, but maybe new to Shudder, I don't know. Uh, directed, by, directed by Justin G. Dick. Once. Sounds like a couple of dicks. This must be where the dicks hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking schmillies. Fuck, can they run? <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So it stars Sheila McCarthy and Julian Rich. Julian Richings. Um. Uh, movie starts out very strange. You see an older couple sitting in their kitchen. Um. He's sitting down eating breakfast or whatever, and um. We. See the the woman, um, Audrey. Audrey. So yes, Audrey and Henry. Um, she says, "Oh, she's she's here, she's here," and she runs outside. And she's wait, like, wait, 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 wait! You're skipping a very important part. Am I? Yeah. When Henry comes in and he's like, "Look, I appreciate everything you do, but the hem on the right is a little too short. People are going to think I'm some kind of rapper guy." <laughs> How did I miss this? <laughs> she says. I don't think anyone is ever going to mistake you for a rapper guy. <laughs> How did I miss that? I don't know. But it was making me laugh. I, I completely missed that scene. Hmm. Yeah, it's like when she's making making eggs and he like walks in and sits down and says that the hem of his pants on one side is too too high. And he literally he like he stands up and he says, Look at it's Completely unnoticeable. <laughs> but yeah, he says people are going to think I'm some kind of rapper guy. <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and watch that. Um, anyway, so yeah, after that, <laughs> uh, she, you know, she, I think she looks outside and she says, oh, she's here, she's here. And she runs outside and Henry says, oh my God, she's early. And just, you know, they're we're looking at the empty kitchen. Yeah, this is all one shot. It never cuts away yeah. from this one shot. And all of a sudden, in the distance, we hear this struggling and this screaming. It's like, what the fuck is happening? And suddenly, we see Audrey and Henry dragging this woman into their home. 
kicking and screaming, and they push her off into this uh, elevator that they have in their house, which didn't make sense at the time, but kind of explained later. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so they've kidnapped this woman. They tie her to this bed way up in like the almost, I guess it's like the attic space of their home. Uh, and she's completely strapped down and, and gagged. Do they do they drug her? I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> maybe. Well, she wakes up, so maybe they chloroformed her or something. Yeah, something. Uh, she wakes up and she's like, you know, again she's gagged, but she's trying to scream. And Henry goes outside and he calls Audrey and he says, "Okay, do it now." Audrey pulls a gag out of her mouth. She starts screaming to a high heaven, and Henry's just standing outside trying to decide if he can hear anything. Dead silence. Um, so he goes back in, and Audrey is speaking to this woman. Uh Oh, you know, I guess I, I missed the point. Where she she wakes up from her being drugged or or, or whatever, and Audrey's reading her this like prepared letter, oh, yeah, saying like, "Hello, my name is Audrey. Uh, this is my husband Henry. My Henry. You may recognize my husband Henry, Doctor Walsh. Doctor Walsh. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, basically just explaining that like they don't mean to do her any harm. This is just something they have to do. I don't think they, they at the time they go into detail exactly what's happening. Mm-mm. Just that they don't it's nothing personal. Trying to be very pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> as possible. I mean, they did kidnap her. <laughs> um There's also a young boy playing think, at playing at the foot of the bed. That's right. Yeah. Um little toehead. Yeah, right. Looks like he's out of like the depression era. He's wearing these big baggy overalls and he's got like this. They were Oshkosh Bagosh. But they looked like something you'd see like kids in like the Dust Bowl wearing, you know? Yeah. Like a mine worker. Yeah. He's and he's to got... wear like a conductor hat or something. And the haircut he has, which has kind of come in back into popularity now, was also very popular back in like the 20s. So it's, it's just, he just looked like he was from a different era. Um, anyway, and, uh, they explained that they want to, um, help their grandson or I guess Audrey explained to her that they need to do this to help their grandson still being very ambiguous about what's going on. And this woman, um, Shannon, Shannon, I couldn't remember her first name. Um, she looks over to this boy and she says him and Audrey looks over. She's like. You can see you him? can see him, and she runs downstairs to tell Henry, and she's like, "He appeared to her. That's a good sign. That means that we can do this." Things start to unfold, and we come to realize that uh, what they are planning to do is implant the spirit or soul of their dead grandson. Oh, yeah. so. When they, she says, you can see him, and it's like her grandson is is dead, and this boy chain, turns his head, and you can see this big splotch of blood on the back of his head. 
Um, very kind of sixth sense. Good splotchy, Dr. Splotchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we come to find out that what they're planning to do is implant the spirit of their dead grandson into Shannon's baby. Um, He's the titular Jackson. He, he is the titty Jackson. Titty Jackson. <laughs> the, he's the one they're doing anything for. That Jackson. Even that. They would do anything for Jackson. Right. They'd even do that. Um, they, uh, yeah, so they're, they're holed up in their house. And, you know, like I said, like they can't hear anything from the outside, but they're trying to prevent the outer world from getting too close. They have a man who comes by to clear their driveway of snow. Um, and uh, he is very persistent. Um, of course, once Shannon disappears and other people notice that she's gone, naturally that goes to the police. And now we have a detective, uh, Detective Bellows. Uh, she's investigating um, where Shannon is gone. They have this pl- elaborate plan, though. They like sign her up for a dating app and then like, a guy uh, messages her and he's like, you know, DTF. Right. And uh, Audrey messages him back and says, you know, meet me at the lake at two o'clock or whatever. So now it looks like she went on this blind date and disappeared. Right. Yeah. And she says, uh, yeah, she, she gets, was it just her dating app or was she like in her social media and stuff? There was some other app that she was trying to like post a, a update on. Yeah. She like, she was like, would you say taking some me time? Right. Um, and it was kind of clever because they had a nanny cam in, in the bear on, yeah, on a shelf behind her. Yeah, they watched her put in her code. Because they, they very cleverly put her phone where she could reach it mm-hmm. so that they would get it, that she would get it and unlock it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she, um, yeah, basically, yeah, sets up that whole elaborate thing and... Come to find out that they are, I don't know if they're like practicing Satanists or if it's just something they got into. Yeah, I got the impression they got into this after Jackson died. Right. And Because uh, at one point Henry says, I made a deal with the devil the day that Jackson died. Right. So they're part of this jinky or jan- <laughs> janky. Um, it's janky, janky, jonky. It's all of it. Like... This little Satanist group. Uh, it's like six people. <laughs> right. Um, just you know, c- comprised of people who clearly aren't like like hardcore practicing Satanists, you know? Um, they just do it for the laughs. Yeah. yeah. Um, Counterculture. Yeah. So they go to this, you know, ritual or whatever. And Which was, was it in like the basement of a bingo hall or something? Like what was this building? It was a library. A library? Okay. Um, oh, that's right. Because I remember Ian talking about books. Yeah, save for this one individual, uh, Ian, who's this creepy ginger, freak gingy, uh, who seems like he might be the real deal. It, I mean, he's a little weird. I mean, very weird. He's very weird. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we we find out that um. Audrey and Henry have come into possession of this book um, that apparently is thousands of years old, 
could be the oldest existing book on the on the planet. Um, it's comprised of multiple different languages and belief systems um, and dialects and just things that have just been compiled over, you know, an uh, uh, indeterminate, indeterminate amount of time, basically describing all these satanic rites, you know, like uh, different rituals, different spells and, um, and uh, things of the like. And Audrey, I don't know if this was a flashback because it wasn't, it wasn't all that well. There's a couple times where there was like flashbacks and it took me a, a few seconds to realize it was yeah. a flashback. So Audrey calls Henry outside and she's got this book and she starts doing a, you know, reciting something out of this book in front of this dead crow. And the dead crow comes to life and she's like, look, we can do this. I mean, this means that this is the real thing. We can do this. And he's like, we can't just keep, we can't be bringing things back to life. She's like, oh no, we can't. I've been doing it all morning. (laughs) That was a funny line. Yeah. And there's like, there's a handful of those kinds of lines in this whole movie that there's a lot of uh, comedic value because it's Henry and Audrey are just these normal, this normal elderly couple for all intents and purposes. They've just gotten involved in some very dark shit. And so they're very nice, polite people, very loving couple. And even to Shannon, they're very pleasant in, you know, as much as you can be with your, with your captor. Yeah. They, they say that the, the first rule they made was that nothing can happen to her. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they get Ian involved because he seems like he's the one that, oh, you know what? They got involved with the Satanist group because they thought that the leader, Talia, was that her? No. I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. It was something interesting. It was a, a diff- an interesting name. Was it Yvette? That doesn't sound right either. <sighs> Piss. Yolanda. There you go. They thought Yolanda would be able to help them, but it turned out Yolanda, and as we come to see, is like she's like a manager at a Denny's or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, they find that Ian seems to be the real deal, that he re- like has this, you know, he, he says multiple times that he's been studying his whole life for something like this, and like he's just, he's he's actually surprised that it's real, but he's he's ready um, and so, yeah, the, the whole movie is basically, you know, them preparing for this ritual and trying to, you know, get her, get Shannon prepared to, you know, basically take the spirit or the soul of her, of their grandson. And we find out, yeah, their grandson died in a car wreck, um, with, with his mother who didn't die then it didn't die in the car wreck, but she was paralyzed. And, right. And that's actually why they had the elevator because they tried to care for her. Yeah. She was in a little scooter thing. Yeah. But she, like she couldn't, I don't know. It's not really a spoiler. It's not pertinent to the plot. I guess. No. But I think Shannon at one point asked why they're bringing back their grandson and not their daughter. And, 
and she, Audrey says, you know, we don't think we could bring her back because she wouldn't be the same or something like that. And basically explains that after the car accident, she was just so, you know, broken. I mean, not, not only physically, but mentally that she just couldn't take it anymore. And she threw herself into the, uh, the elevator shaft and killed herself. Which doesn't seem like a deep, a long enough fall to kill yourself, unless you like landed like right on top of your head. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're you know throwing yourself out of your paralyzed scooter, like there's a very good chance she would fall head first, and she wouldn't be able to stop herself because she seemed like she was paralyzed from the neck down. So, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, yeah, there's a good chance you're just gonna mangle yourself even more. Yeah. So I'd see some, some creepy stuff start to unfold but also funny at the same time just because it's so like you know it's a shock at first but after a while it just becomes kind of commonplace and even for the characters too it's it's funny that way i think um like there are characters that i'm trying to decide what's a spoiler and what's not yeah Okay, so... You're talking about the ghosts? Yes. Oh, okay. So basically what happens is they recite a a spell or some kind of rites from from this book. And they think that that's done it, that that everything's ready to go. Over the course of this, the next, you know, 15 minutes or so, we start to see these creatures start to uh, pop up including this ghost we find out they're ghosts he cr- this guy he crawls out from underneath shannon's bed dude this guy's fucking terrifying dude that guy uh what's his name um troy james he's a contortionist obviously, obviously. <laughs> but i've seen him in a lot of things um he's a canadian actor and so like a naturally a lot of canadian um productions but namely he was this character in the flash and uh, he had this mask on that almost looked like uh, Billy from from Saw. Mm. Very doll-esque. And yeah, he would like contort and do like that little flip around thing that he did. He would do that and he'd like do the, the fucked up crab walk. And, and he'd like, he can like fit himself into very small spaces. I think a lot of this was probably, you know, studio produced, but he like would like crawl out of like a tiny little box and stuff. It was just, Fucking eerie. Anyway, so yeah, he makes a living off doing shit like that. Yeah, he's got like a plastic bag on his head. Yeah, and he's all bloody. And yeah, he's he like does like the spider walk. And yeah, yeah, he's freaky. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, something you may or may not have heard before is that when ghosts die, or when when a person dies and they become a ghost, they get stuck in a routine that they constantly relive their deaths. Um. Which seems like it kind of plays out in this case. Like, they almost seem like they're aware of their surroundings, but they still play out their own deaths. Um, like the guy who... Um, what, so whatever is is trying to possess Shannon is just like this... It's just uh, not a manifestation, but just kind of a presence around this house now, around the property... 
And so the guy outside who's shoveling their snow, he throws himself into the snowblower and just turns into a fucking blood blood rain. Dude, that like I did not see that coming. No, <laughs> me neither. And I'm like, is this is this actually happening? <laughs> but the funny thing about it, well, funny in kind of a just in a sick way, is that he will he continues to do that. Like he reconstitutes and like he'll be interacting with characters, but then he'll like feel compelled to throw himself back into the snowblower. Yeah. And uh yeah, same with a couple other characters who who died in the house or just the you know, other other presences. Um and uh there's this little ghost character that knocks at the door to trick or treat, even though it's clearly like the middle of winter. Um, and then there's a big ghost. Yeah, he's like fucking ten feet tall. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, basically, without trying to give too much away, you find out that they they basically opened the door. Right. There are two parts of the to what they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and they that, didn't do the second part. Right. Yeah. Basically, what Ian explains is that the first part is you open the door. But what happens when you open the door? Open a door, anything can come. Through. Anything comes through. So, uh, and he says, kind of under his breath, like they say, they want to put Jackson's soul, or they want to call forth Jackson, so they can implant her, implant him in the baby. And he basically says under his breath, "You can't pick spirit," and he kind of kind of trails off. So he says, "Okay, so basically." Uh, there are two parts. One, you open the door. The other one is where you actually do what you're trying to do. And you've only done the first part. So that means all these ghosts are escaping. Looking for a host. Right. And that's what he says. When you when you create a host, which is the second part of the, of, of the whole ritual, that any ghost can possess it. You can't spec- you can't say, no, no, this this host is reserved from for this soul. Any ghost, any spirit in, in its presence can take that host. And so that's what all these ghosts that have been, you know, that have passed through the veil um, are trying to find is a host. Um, meanwhile, like replaying their deaths. Right. The one that I, the one that got me and the one I feel like I can't re- reveal there's a ghost who keeps, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I can't, I can't talk about it because I think it kind of gives away a plot point, but, um, yeah. That I mean, that's that's the basic premise of the movie. And like the the thing about that is like they start getting used to it, and they're just like, yeah, that keeps happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's been doing that all day. Um. Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's the movie, basically without giving away too much. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Taylor? Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was a solid movie. Yeah, yeah, for a movie that I had never heard of until last night. Uh, yeah, it's it's real good. Yeah, I mean, like I'm 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 definitely glad. I was glad that I stopped watching Slapface. Period. <laughs> like just on its own. But I was glad that I found this to replace it with. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really good acting. Um, really, uh, 
good. So it's it's very a, a dark theme, very dark. But they Im- implant a lot of levity in it, which it was funny because it's so like humor is so lighthearted in contrast with what else what else is going on. Yeah, uh, which just kind of made it funnier, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not like a, a comedy in the way of like Studio 666 or no, anything. But, not at all. Um, yeah, like there's just like like moments of, like you said, moments of levity that are just, they're almost like it's so preposterous that it makes it funny. Yeah. And like the funniest part about it is that the fact that like Audrey and um, Henry, Henry um, they're just normal people. Right. They're not Satanists by by trade, you know? <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not practicing witches or any or anything like that or you know demons or anything they're just normal people right like henry's a doctor <laughs> um and uh yeah they just and they don't have like malicious intent you know they're not trying to hurt anybody they're just trying to get their grandson back yeah and they find out that like audrey's really the one driving this that she was really unable to kind of let jackson go and but Henry loves her so much that he's just willing to do this for her. Right. Which was kind of sweet in a weird way, but <laughs> just a you know, devoted husband after so many years of marriage. Nice to see. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I mean, like really solid acting from from all all parts. Um the you know it was a very uh, singular location. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you get most almost ninety five percent of the movie takes place in the house. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, you get doctor's office and somewhere out, somewhere in the woods. Yeah. yeah. That's that's basically it. Um. And uh, but it doesn't feel um confined. You know, like even though almost entirely in the house. You don't feel like you're claustrophobic as a viewer, I guess. It still feels like you're able. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something else to add, but. Yeah, no, like I thought, it, I thought it had um, like really good tension. the The cinematography I was really impressed by. Like, like we talk about that opening scene that literally is just like it never cuts away, and it's I like I love wonders in horror, and I love wide shots in horror, and there's a lot of both in this. And there's like the house kind of you can see down to the, the floor below, and so there's a couple scenes where like it'll be on somebody, and then it'll just kind of pan over and down. And it's a really cool shot because it never cuts away. Mm. And so yeah, I was I, I thought the cinematography was really cool in this. Yeah, wide wide shots you don't get that a lot in uh, modern cinema. Be you know, ever since they developed the um, Steadicam, there was no need for wide shots. Yeah. Um. So when you do see that, it just kind of gives you like a maybe a little tinge of nostalgia, I guess. Um. But yeah. So. The the film the Justin Dick Justin G Justin G Dick, uh, the director, uh, he worked he's worked with the writer, um, and they both co wrote this, 
He's worked with a writer before on uh, Hallmark Christmas movies or made for television Christmas films. So like Hallmark, Lifetime, you know, they do like 20 Christmas movies a year. Yeah. With Melissa Joan Hart and Candace. Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez and fucking Dean Cain. Fucking Dean Cain. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he he's made, I think, more than one of those. And that's how they met. And they were both horror fans. And they conceived this the idea for this as a reverse exorcism. So but rather than exercising a demon, putting a demon—well, not a demon, but a spirit—a spirit into, into something. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, and they said that they uh, didn't want to do. They went with grandparents rather than parents because, you know, a lot of possession movies, a lot of exorcism movies, it's always parents. It's never grandparents. Grand- grandparents are either not involved or have minimal roles. Yeah. So it also made him so much less unassuming. Less unassuming, but like more unassuming. Yeah, um, like because they're 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 so frail, you know. Like they don't seem like they could be capable of kidnapping someone and chaining them up in a bed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Audrey especially. She just seemed like the, the your basic grandma, you know. Yeah. Uh, Henry is a little more. I think it's because like he's a little more like doing what has to be done where yeah. she's more like, we have to make sure that we don't hurt her. And like, she like makes her cookies and yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was a good movie. I, I, I really liked it. Um, and it was, it was a nice surprise because I had like we said, I'd never heard of it before. And, uh, it was a last minute thing. So I'm, I'm glad I picked it. Um, good stuff. This was actually sh- all the s- interior house scenes were shot in the writer's house. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a nice fucking house. That was a nice house. Yep. Anything else to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, um, I think I'll give this an eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make eight is good. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, again, this is uh, available on Shutter. Um, I don't, I don't know for how long, but presumably for a while. So check it out. It's uh, definitely worth a watch. Anyway, uh, apparently it came out in December of 2020 on Shutter. Yeah, I, it. I could swear it said new on Shutter, and I don't know how a. Lies. A year and a half old movie could be new, but whatever. Um, it's just like Netflix or it says, you know, new releases. And it's just like, that is not a new release. It's been out for a long time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so that's going to do it, guys. Yep. That is the end of the show. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand spanking new episode, which... St. Patrick's? Yep. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day episode. I won't say special. There's nothing really special about it other than it is our salute to Irish horror. Um, so join us then. What are we going to be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be watching uh, Don't Leave Home as well as hopefully Unwelcome. I'm not sure if that's going to be available by then. 
I saw it said select theaters last time I looked. Oh, and I bother. got the impression that select meant not in America. Damn it all. But we will see. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, if that doesn't work out, you can be guaranteed that we will find another movie of Irish origin. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Cause, or something to do with Ireland. Something. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Um, and that's in a couple weeks. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, no, just Facebook and Instagram <laughs> as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Uh, Twitter has less characters. So, uh, Also, patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you want some exclusive content. Also, check out my other podcast, Cult of Splat, with my co-host Kevin Nesgoda at anchor.fm slash Cult of Splat. Yeah, I, I I do art stuff. I don't have another podcast, but I do stream on Twitch. I've been doing it more often lately. Go follow Tony on Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash skeletonyart. Yep, that's the one. Or you go to my website, skeletonyart.com. Buy some shit. Fucking A. Bring money. Yeah, I have a child. Give me money. money. I do commissions too if you want something special. Anyway, that's it. So, until we meet again, guys... This is Taylor Tony. This is Taylor of Terror. And we are the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>